0: Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I had the joy of chatting with Kelly Stuckey about beauty and how it relates to our spirituality. Kelly is a follower of Christ, wife to Zach, mama to Everett, small business owner, beauty industry educator, hairdresser, and makeup artist. She recently made the transition from doing hair full-time to being a mom and focusing on the growth and leadership of her team at Crown Beauty Bar. Prior to having her son Everett, Kelly and Zach struggled with infertility. Kelly shares how her view of beauty expanded when they found out that Everett has the most common form of dwarfism, achondroplasia. chondroplasia. This journey changed her perspective on beauty and taught her to accept that all people are made in the image of God. Hi, Hunter. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm good. This is my first blind date FaceTime interview. Oh. (laughs) We're not real life friends yet. Not yet. Maybe one day if we ever head back to the great Northwest Arkansas area, I love that area.
1: It is incredible the way it's grown. It's beautiful. I love living here. I really do. So you definitely need to come back and visit and we will get together and talk in person.
0: I need to come just to go to Crown Beauty Bar.
1: I would love that.
0: I get my hair cut like once or twice a year. And that's a treat. (laughs) Absolutely. you're
1: only in the salon twice a year, I mean, that is a major
0: treat. Okay. Did I just lose brownie points with you because I only get my hair cut twice a year?
1: No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No.
0: Oh my goodness. No I have a mane, but honestly, I think if I, I have had a good hairstylist in the past and it makes such a difference about whether or not you want to go back and get your hair cut. Cause if you're mm-hmm. fond of your hair, it's hard to entrust it to someone else.
1: Absolutely. It takes a while to build that relationship. And, um, also just if, if you're, if you're like, if you like your hair, you may not want to change it very often. And that's totally okay. And a good hairdresser, I always say this, a really good hairdresser knows what to do and what not to do.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm getting (laughs) so excited talking about this, which is super funny because I knew I wanted to do a topic on beauty. But Mm -hmm. I have a harder time relating to people just in general who love aesthetic beauty type stuff. So that's part of the reason why I was like, I really want to make this connection. And I'm sitting here getting all fired up talking about haircuts.
1: (laughs) Well, the haircut to us, I mean, honestly, my team knows, they've heard me say it several times, the outer beauty and the experience that a client has when they come in to see us is very important. But I always tell them if they leave and they don't also feel beautiful and they don't feel special, then we we lost because it's so much more than somebody coming in and just leaving with the perfect haircut or the perfect color or nail color or makeup like i and, and even starting crown one of my deepest goals was to create an environment that was positive that felt different where women could feel comfortable it's been kind of surprising to me over the years especially the past few years of owning our own place where I've heard people say things about being actually intimidated to come into a salon.
0: It's true. Like, I feel like I'm going to get my hand slapped because I only get my hair cut twice a year.
1: And you know, that is something I've heard. I have, I had several clients who would come in two, three, maybe four times max a year to get some sort of a service done. And I could tell when they sat down that they were immediately embarrassed or maybe trying to tell me, oh, oh please don't judge me. Please don't judge my hair. And it, yeah. that to me says so much. It says so much that, that they're even thinking to say that.
0: That's so interesting.
1: And, you know, the salon world was not really my first choice of career or even what I set out to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was something that kind of chased me down.
0: <laughs> Tell us the story.
1: It's really cool the way um, I grew up with a lot of artistic abilities in my family. My mom is an artist. She paints, she is a makeup artist, nail technician. Uh, My dad was a photographer for years and years and years. And so I I grew up just comfortable in those elements. Mm -hmm. I love taking pictures. I was never uncomfortable in front of the camera. But anyway, it just was always something that I I loved being a part of and was always very drawn to art. And when I first went into college, I decided to just get kind of an associates of art. Then I fell in love with art history, mm. um, which then led me into architecture and design. I was never really into decorating, but when I was in school, I had a really good friend who went to architecture school in Fayetteville and we kept in touch and I'd come visit her, and Fayetteville was the cool college town that, you know, I always wanted to live in. And I ended up um, deciding to go into interior design.
0: That's an intense major, by the way.
1: Extremely intense. But it taught me so much about color and shape and form. And it was interesting. My dad, he's been a major influencer in my life. And he's really kind of been able to teach me how to live and push me out of the nest and how to take care of myself and so when I moved into Fayetteville, I said, well, dad, what, am I, what should I do for a living? I've worked for you for the past, you know, six years. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how to get a job. <laughs> and so he literally said, drive to Fayetteville, drive around and figure it out. Wow. And so that's what I did.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: the first, one of the first places I stumbled upon that I saw that was hiring was a salon. And I went in and I applied to be the receptionist. Mm-hmm. I got the job the day of. And ended up working at this hair salon all throughout college.
0: Oh, wow.
1: I mean, I truly was a receptionist. I was answering the phone. I was cleaning. I was running to the quickie to get Diet Cokes and whatever else they needed. But um, I just fell in love with the environment, the people who came in Mm -hmm. or became like family. And I I too, the beauty industry to me was just fun.
0: It's definitely an artist's place too. I can see that where your body is like your canvas.
1: Absolutely. I can see God's hand in every step of the way. I should also, at this point, probably tell you that I was not really walking with the Lord at that time. I grew up uh, in a home that was Catholic. Mm-hmm. I grew up going to Catholic school and my family's amazing. My parents are great. Like, um, But I never fully grasped what that relationship looked like.
0: Mm.
1: So then I moved away to college and you know, was definitely kind of doing my own thing Um, always worked hard and was always kind of, you know, perfection and driven and all those types of things. But it wasn't one of those things where I was really, truly seeking God on what my next steps would be. But now looking back, I can see his hand in every step of the way. And um, there were people that I met while I worked at that salon that I formed relationships with families, other, other people who were just clients there. That led me, when I got out of interior design school, it was right around the time the economy was kind of tanking. I had a really good job with an interior design firm. It fell through within about a year just because it changed the climate. Right. Um, People
0: aren't decorating their houses when they're mm -mm. just worried about finances.
1: No. And ours was pretty much all commercial. And so a lot of the commercial real estate was all just put on hold. Hmm. So I ended up finding a new job. Through one of my old contacts at the old hair salon that I worked at, it took me to a vendor office in the Walmart community, which is huge in Northwest Arkansas. Right. Which led me down this path to absolute brokenness where I was, I kept trying to have to find a job. I kept trying to have to keep up. Nothing was feeling right. And I finally kind of got to a broken place and started going to church again, started kind of crying back out to God what what do you have for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm 26. I was at a place where, you know, I've got some bills and some living expenses established. And I, I, I was kind of scared. Like, mm-hmm. I, am I going to have to move back home? What am I going to do? And um, some friends, very close girlfriends of mine saw in me something that I didn't see in myself, which was, what are you doing? You need to go to hair school. It's something you always wanted to do. It's something you You have such a natural gift with that you don't even notice that you have it. So I I ended up doing the research and jumping in and rolling in hair school. I somehow I know through the grace of God was able to somewhat build a client base while I was actually in school. Things that were challenging and things that I've seen be challenging to others, all of a sudden, it was like I, I can do this.
0: Yeah, came naturally.
1: It was incredible. So by the time I got out of school, I had established somewhat of a client base. I um, was able to get right out, go and, and do booth rent at a really amazing salon in town. And I, from everything I had learned at my dad's small business and through photography, I was able to really market myself. And really, it was kind of at that point where Facebook was becoming big, um, the internet, social media. I mean, this was like before Instagram, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I was just excited. I felt like I was finally doing what I was made to do. And I think that people saw that and they began to trust me. And they started coming to me and letting me do their hair. Also around this time was when I met my husband. Yeah, well, I was just husband. about to ask
0: where Zach was in the picture.
1: Gosh, if I could tell you stuff all day, but we, um, he was somebody I met along this uh, wild journey of trying to figure out what job, where where I was supposed to be. yeah, I met him um, probably when I was kind of at more of a rock bottom place with my career and my self-esteem. And I was immediately drawn to him. We started dating. I definitely, I think I was ready for a relationship before he was. <laughs> um, and I think one of the reasons why, like I said, I was kind of at a place in my life where I, um, I I wasn't walking with God. Mm -hmm. I had never really known a real relationship with him. And I was doing everything I could to prove myself and try to get on my feet. And I'll never forget the first really long conversation we had on the phone. It was one of those phone calls where you're like, oh, my gosh, I have to work in the morning. Why are we why have we been on the phone for three hours? Yes,
0: (laughs) Feels like 15 minutes.
1: Yes. And butterflies and all that great stuff. And um, he actually ended the phone call by asking if he could pray for us. Wow. I remember just feeling in that moment, like as he was praying, I want this. Like I want, I want to be able to pray this way. I want to be able to boldly go to God. I want this relationship. And I also was like, I need this guy in my life. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> this is the kind of man I've been looking for. Uh, so we, we dated. He was super supportive of me while I was in hair school and all these types of things. I got out. We were still dating and then we kind of started hitting some rough patches at this point. I still hadn't really fully committed my life to Christ.
0: Hmm. Did he know that? You know, he,
1: I don't, he did. He did know that. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. He knew that, but I also was very defensive. You know, I was like, no, I'm Catholic. I grew up going to church. I believe, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Like, yeah, I'm a Christian, um, He's
0: like the Michael Hosea right now. For anyone who's read "Um Redeeming uh, Love," redeeming love.
1: (laughs) Okay, let me tell you what redeeming love. So we through this through this time, it was we were both going through some serious struggles, and we were at a point in our relationship where we were like, "Okay, do we go forward with this? Is this Mm. ending? What is going on?" And we decided to actually go to counseling. And I mean, we weren't even engaged yet. But it was one of those things where I, um, I started pursuing counseling on my own first and because I put, I had put Zach on such a
0: high pedestal. And so naturally, I mean, Jesus isn't there. So who's going to, yeah, who's going to fill it? Right. He filled it. He filled it. And And then he's going to come falling off.
1: (laughs) Right. Oh, and he did. He he fell off the pedestal and crashed my world around me. And all of a sudden I'm like, Uh, wait, what? You were supposed to be everything. What?
0: Yeah.
1: And our counselor told me to read Redeeming Love. He gave Zach these heavy, hard-hitting books, and he gave me Redeeming Love. Did he and really? Was, yes.
0: Yeah. Wow. He said,
1: that's just what I want you to read. He said, in fact, I don't want you to read anything but Redeeming Love wow. or God's Word. That's when I fell in love with God's Word. I'm talking like obsessed. fell oh. in love with the Word of God. I had never... Like I said, you know, in church, in Catholic church, you read, you read things from the Bible and, and we heard stories and things like that, but it was never, um, I never knew how to read it and interpret it for myself and really understand that this is God's word intended for me and that it's alive and all of those types of things. And so anyway, that's, that's when I I fell in love with it. Interesting. We did a, um, almost like a compatibility type of test.
0: Right. With the counselor or was that just on your own?
1: Mm -hmm. No, with a counselor.
0: Seeing if you're like a good match for each other.
1: Yes. The results came back showing my view of myself was about as low on the totem pole as you could possibly have it. Zach's view of himself was elevated. Hmm. We both were in a place where we weren't truly walking with Christ. And um, it was very shortly after that, like I said, I'd, I'd really started to dive into the word. I had my major Holy Spirit moment at church one day and asked Christ into my life. Um, we had this amazing uh, turnaround. We both just started seeking Him wholeheartedly, knew we could do, do this together. Several months down the road, we were actually engaged. We're doing counseling. We're, go, we're walking through all this premarital and our counselor had us take the same exact test and my results showed my view of myself had come up and his view of himself had come back down into that nice middle ground. And he said, our counselor said, it literally looks like two different couples took this test. Wow. What, what happened? And my only explanation of course was I started a relationship with Christ, my view of myself changed entirely because I started seeing myself through His eyes and Mm -hmm. not through the world's eyes. And so that's the only thing I I can promise you that saved our relationship and um, set me up for the place that I am now with um, having this business about... Zach and I got married within a few months of that happening. Okay, And one year after we got married... Things started happening where I felt like it was time for me to move on from the salon that I was at. I felt God really tugging on my heartstrings in different ways, and we felt like the Lord was saying, it's time for you guys to open up your own place together. Wow. Um, It was totally ordained by His steps, and it just, to me, makes it that much more clear why I ever even got into this business to begin with, because it was definitely not my first pick. It was something that came around to me later in life. Um, but I, I wouldn't change a thing about it.
0: It's crazy how you see God's hand, like you're saying, preparing you for what he had prepared for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Can you
0: tell me a little bit more of your heart behind Crown Beauty Bar? Because I think your vision for your salon is really unique.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, it's really interesting. We were trying to think through the name of Crown. I, you know, playing on words, my husband being the the marketing master that he is. So, um, my, my biggest heart before we even had a name was I wanted to create a salon environment that felt like a family that was uh, team oriented, that wasn't competitive, a place where women could, um, feel comfortable and men, of course, but where people could feel comfortable and that was just rooted in kindness. And I also saw it at way down the road as a platform where God could use it for other things, mm. um, whether it's. It's an event or worship nights or any cool. any way that I could give him like a venue and a platform to do work
0: well, and it's a beautiful location too, like all the elements of design like you were talking about. I was looking Thank at you. the different rooms, even the massage therapy rooms, and I'm like, yes, those are gorgeous. I just want to be Thank there you.
1: it's i i like i that again it could be that 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 path God took me on I learned some things with design school and I definitely had a a knack for design. And, um, the ultimate inspiration came from, I am the most moved and inspired. And I feel like I draw the closest to God when I'm in nature. Hmm. And, um, there was a time in my life where I would like, just, I had to get out and walk, jog, whatever, every day. It was like this amazing time with him where I would really hear from him. And, um, I felt like one day, we were throwing around names, and something about the name Crown came up, and I was like, I don't really like that because I'm not, although I'm into beauty and I love being a woman, I'm not into like super girly girls. So when I first heard Crown, I was right. like, mm, like I would like literally was thinking tiara.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> I was yes. like,
1: no no, no no, no, no. <laughs> so then um, like I think it was literally the next morning I'm on my walk, and God spoke very clearly and he said, the reason why it's crown is because people are my crown of creation and it's something that I've entrusted to you to make my people feel special and Mm -hmm. feel loved and create that environment. And so that's where crown came from. And so then immediately I was like, Oh wow, I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, girl, that is awesome. So It's
1: stuck. It's stuck. It's, it's something that, um, on a hard day, um, I, I go back to that and I'm, I'm thinking my role here is not just to be a hairdresser. It's not just to get the formula right, get the haircut right, right, um, get the Instagram post right. It's <laughs> it's to make people feel special. Yeah.
0: And that totally comes through in your message. I was reading your Instagram post from a couple of days ago when you and Zach actually went on your anniversary date. And oh, I yeah. love how you've used not it's a it's a platform for you to share your life Mm -hmm. and I'd love for you to share just a little bit about your son Everett and I was literally crying reading the post that you'd posted about going on an anniversary date and you can explain a little bit more but then seeing the community of people that have come to your page and that follow you because they have similar stories and they're finding encouragement Mm -hmm. in the way in which you've walked it's just it's really cool to see.
1: I would love to share. I, he's my favorite person to talk about. He's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. So my son, Everett, is uh, 14 months old. He was born in April of 2016, and it's really wild. We, it took us a while to get pregnant to the okay. point where we were actually having to explore, okay, are we going to have to really start doing other other methods? Then we discovered when I was pregnant um, and kind tr- of tracking it back to conception It really, wildly enough, lined up with a time when I didn't think it it was physically possible for me to conceive. Hmm. And so that right there started off this journey of just feeling God's presence, knowing Hmm. he was in control. It also kicked off kind of a wild idea that I had where I didn't want to know the gender. (laughs) I told Zach, you know, I kind of want the baby to be a surprise. I I don't really want to know if it's a boy or a girl.
0: What did he say? Was he totally cool with it?
1: (laughs) No, at first he was like, oh, I don't know about that. I think I would rather know. Yeah. And then um, I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, just you pray about it. We'll just kind of, we'll go see. So at the 20-week ultrasound, we had them put that key evidence into an envelope and they, they sealed it. And they said, okay, here it is. You can save it just to see if we were right. You can open it when you get home. You can right. do whatever you want with it. <laughs> so we saved so it. So much discipline in um, Yes. Um, that was in early December. Okay. So then I had this I had this brilliant idea. Well Zach Zack expressed that he does want to know the gender. I could do it either way. I gave him a gift and I and I inside I said, okay, inside this bag is a onesie. So, okay, let me back up. What I did was, I took the envelope into a local boutique. Uh-huh. I got a pink outfit and I got a blue outfit. I took them up to the front desk with the envelope and I said, This is gonna sound crazy, but I'm gonna leave. Will you please open the envelope? If it's a boy, wrap up the blue outfit. If it's a girl, wrap up the pink outfit. They're the same price. I'll come back. I'll pay for it. But I don't want to know if it's a boy or a girl. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm like, okay, so the the x-ray tech or the the ultrasound tech and this random woman at this local boutique know what I'm having. And we don't.
0: Yes, I bet she was so excited. I would have been like, she She loved it. She loved it.
1: So (laughs) I go I pick it up Christmas morning, I give him the gift. And I'm like, okay, if you open this gift, it's going to tell you if we're having a boy or a girl. Oh! And I just gave him the opportunity and he said, you know what? I love it. Let's wait. Oh my so God. So you still waited. didn't know
0: either. Wow. That, nope, that
1: present, that present sat in our living room until Everett came. Like we just wow. were like, okay, we'll just sit there and look <laughs> at it. So um, Everett comes along um, April 22nd of
0: 2016
1: and we are absolutely in love. I won't go into a lot of detail. My my labor and delivery was very interesting, though. It was 46 and a half hours. Wow, girl. We didn't know there was going to be complications or anything like that, but um, ended up with emergency C-section. And mm-hmm. then we learned afterwards, it was actually a couple days later, we were getting ready to go home from the hospital, and the pediatrician discharging him came in. And actually, the way she said it was very interesting. It took me a while to get over it. She said, have you guys noticed that your son Everett's unusual looking. Wow. And I am coming off of a 46 hour labor, a cesarean, a, a surgery. Yeah. And I'm tired and I'm obsessed with my son and I'm so in love. And that question,
0: Oh my gosh.
1: It hurt me Yeah. to the point where I didn't hear another word that she said. Uh. I literally didn't. I didn't hear another word that she said. But Zach did, thankfully. He was still listening. And um, we just were like, well, no, we actually think he's beautiful. (laughs) And she said, well, no, I didn't mean it that way. It's just there's some proportions with the size of his head and some of his bone measurements. And they are leading me to a place where I want to propose a skeletal dysplasia. So, again, these words, my mind spinning. I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, (laughs) he seems perfectly normal to me. So, um, it turns out they had a suspicion that he may have what they call, it's a rare condition called a which is the most common form of dwarfism. And I had never heard the word achondroplasia. I had never even said the word dwarfism out loud. I didn't really have any familiarity with it. Right. So um, the whole thing was quite surprising. And we, we thought like, well, no, I mean, larger heads run in our family. We didn't think anything of it you know we just thought right. like okay this is this is a mistake <laughs> Yeah. so we we go home from the hospital and we just immediately started seeking out God in prayer hmm. um but then we we ended up going to see our pediatrician the following week for the routine checkup and mm-hmm. he said you know I, I say we get it checked out let's just go down let's let's go to the children's hospital in Little Rock Arkansas let's do some blood work let's roll anything out and so we did. We got the results about a month later, and they did say that it was positive for achondroplasia. When I got the phone call that told me the news, I I wept. Mm-hmm. And I um, remember my first two thoughts were, this is sometimes a cruel world. And I didn't know how he would be received. I didn't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just, it, The tears come, like, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately just wanted to take it from him because I didn't know what the world would think and how the world would perceive him. Mm. And then, and then I start thinking, well, so what is this going to mean with his life, life expectancy pain? Like, you know, cause I, yeah. I literally knew, I knew nothing about yeah. it, Hunter. I, I knew nothing about it. And so, um, over the past year, I've learned so much about it. <laughs> um, it has been, an experience where we've had a lot of medical tests and there's a lot of complications and things that can come with Mm -hmm. um, dwarfism with the spine, with the brainstem, with buildup of fluid in the head, Yeah, just all sorts of little complications. And the, the proportions of the body is heads a little larger and limbs being a little shorter can create a little more challenges when it comes to crawling and walking and just mm-hmm. the basic mo- motor and milestones. Um, but thankfully there's not been any major complications with Everett and, um, he has been nothing but like pure joy. Um, he's definitely changing the way I see beauty.
0: Mm, <laughs> it, <yes>. it has,
1: <laughs> it has really um, just opened my eyes to a whole new side of beauty and seeing that God makes no mistakes yeah. and that the way he creates us is,
0: it's perfect. Yes. Cause girl, you know, I look at him and I am just delighted. Every time I see a picture of him, I am filled with joy and you know, that's how God looks at us. It's amazing. Exactly.
1: exactly. And, there have been so many people who have reached out who have told me that. There have been so many kind, encouraging words and comments from people just saying, he just gives me joy. I don't know what it is about him. And so, and and he's not, to me, he's beautiful. I think he's, I think he's beautiful. He's adorable. All, I
0: stare at him. I was looking at him with the piggy bank today and I'm like, that yes. is the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: And those curls, I'm like, I don't know, just everything about him, so.
0: I just want to squeeze him, that's a problem. Oh,
1: absolutely, no, (laughs) we squeeze on him probably too much. (laughs) No, I do
0: the same thing with Davey, it's just inevitable when they're so Mm -hmm. little and squishy.
1: Doesn't becoming a mother kind of change the way you view beauty also?
0: Girl, I was just thinking about that because Hadley is loving being in her bathing suit, running around in the backyard in the pool. It's summertime right now, and she totally has my body, and I look at her (laughs) with such delight, and then I I look at the mirror, and I struggle so much with shaming for the way that I look. Yes, and I thought to myself today, I'm like, I would never... I'll just be totally transparent. Let's just talk about beauty right now. Me standing yes. my in front of the mirror. I'm looking and I'm thinking, Ooh, that's not what I want to see. And then I and think that- I'm like, this is not the way that I would speak to Hadley or even the way I would allow myself to think about her. So why am I that's allowing probably. my thoughts to drift in that direction about myself when this is not God has created me and uniquely designed me and I do not believe he makes mistakes. And so Mm-mm. why do I look in the mirror and point a finger back at him and say, that's that's not right?
1: Absolutely. And I, I can tell you, I've had those thoughts several times, even with this whole journey with Everett, because when I think about A, his conception, B, just The fact that he came at a time, I mean, literally the day before I took my pregnancy test that told me I was pregnant, I got a phone call from one of my nurses with the results from a couple tests my husband and I had taken. And it said, we do not think you're going to be able to get pregnant on your own. Here are the next steps. And so I said, okay, what do I do next? She's like, well, you need to be tracking your cycle and let us know when you're on day, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, well, I'm like five days late. What? I took a test the next day and it was positive. Wow. So if I continued to defy the odds and anytime I, and here it is, it's the enemy. Anytime he wants to whisper lies to me about Everett, about anything in, re, involving his diagnosis or his condition, I remind myself there are no accidents. And he came yes. at a time where we were told we couldn't have him. And he's wonderfully and fearfully made. And I am just so thankful that God chose us to be his parents.
0: Biblically, God knit Everett together in your womb. I mean, he yes. knit him together, he made him just the way he's supposed to be.
1: Mm-hmm. So there are no mistakes, there are no accidents. His whole story just really affirms that in, in, in
0: me. Wow. Well, Thank you so much for just being faithful to share it with everyone. Has that been a really intimate kind of hard thing to figure out how to share with other people?
1: Extremely. Um, For multiple reasons. One, um, around the time that he was born, I'm going to be totally honest. I did not know enough about the condition or even about, It's like I just didn't know anything about it. And all I do know is that that God is so great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all I do know is that God is great. He's capable of anything. And there were times, Hunter, when I didn't know how to pray for him. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Part of me wanted, not part of me, every ounce of me for a long time just prayed for God to rewrite his genetic code. Mm. Um, I prayed the biggest prayers I could possibly think of because I just wanted what was going to be best for Everett. What I thought in my mind would be God's best for him. And um, so... I didn't really know how to share it because I didn't even know where I was. I didn't know where my mind was. I didn't know where my thoughts were. Yeah. But all I knew was that God's capable of anything and that his life was going to be a testimony in of some sort of way and, reveals, and reveal God's greatness. So, um, And then and then also God really made it clear to me that this was his life and he's another human being and that I've got to be very careful with how I portray my son. Absolutely. Yeah. One of those wake-up calls where you're like, "Okay, so what's the point of social media? What's right. my quote-unquote platform?" I don't even know. For the longest time, my platform was building a business, building a brand, trying to recruit um, clients to trust me with their hair and beauty needs. And then all of a sudden, I felt like my identity kind of changed. Yeah, um, it it grew. I was not yeah. just Kelly follower of Christ, wife to Zach, hairdresser, crown owner. I now am a mother, which became one of my greatest roles. And so it, it definitely changed a lot for me. And I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to share about it. So you know what, for a long time, I didn't do it. Right. And, um, and, I, and I just prayed for God to give me the right words, the right timing, the right way and I um and he did. He was totally yes. faithful in that. And it was actually, you know, I, I often thought about the verse, um, in Luke when, when he talks about how Mary pondered the things in her heart.
0: Oh yes. And
1: I felt like that's what I was doing. Yeah. I I felt like it was a sacred special thing for our family. And um that I didn't have to share all the details for a while.
0: Well, I think you do a beautiful job of it now, and I'm really thankful just to get to follow along and to see how the Lord has just brought you about and really given you such perspective, particularly on the topic of beauty. Mm -hmm. And I think that's wonderful because God is beautiful, right? So I was going to ask you, why do you think we're drawn to physical beauty? But even as we're talking, it's already unfolding. I mean, He is so beautiful and majestic and looking at Him, I think is why we're all drawn to beauty. And so I just think it's really, really cool that you've been able to merge something that's seemingly secular for a lot of people with this reality that beauty is a very spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear just a little bit more from you about kind of that distinction between inner and outer beauty, um, if there is one, and how that developed for you.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, so I definitely think there is a a distinction. I do think they also go hand in hand and really play off one another. Um, I think as, as it's just in our nature to notice something beautiful or something that catches our eye. I also think beauty can also, it's, it's in the eye of the beholder. And I think so much of that also depends on, um, our life experiences or how we grew up or where we grew up. And, um, so it's kind of different for everybody. But I also know that inner beauty is what makes outer beauty shine. There's so many people who I think they're beautiful, but if they can't operate in kindness and smile and and let that shine from the inside out, the beauty, you can just see that it's it's not... It's dead. You can see that it's dead. There's no life behind it. And so I think for true beauty contains life and I think you really have to have both yeah I think in our field being hairdressers makeup artists etc it's a hard conversation sometimes in fact I just had a conversation with my team this week on looking presentable and looking like a beauty professional at work because mm-hmm. it is the person's first insight to you oh yeah if I went into a salon and the the person who went came to do my hair didn't have their own hair styled, I don't know if I could immediately trust that they could give me what I want.
0: Oh, it's so true. I totally scope out the hair of the person.
1: Absolutely.
0: Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust that you didn't cut your hair.
1: (laughs) Instead of wanting to see the person who has the gorgeous hair, you need to ask the person with the gorgeous hair, who did your hair? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I, I think naturally people, we just can't help but notice outer beauty. But I also think that those first impressions or just seeing something initially can lead to the wrong conclusions if we don't dive in a little deeper and get to know somebody a little bit more
0: on on the inside. Yeah, I totally agree because we've all had that experience. Today's episode of the Journey Women podcast is sponsored by White Pepper Inc., a custom scripting canvas and wood company. Y'all, these signs are beautiful. And guess what? You have a chance to land one for free. The Journey Women Podcast and White Pepper Inc. are partnering together to give away one beautiful hand scripted canvas with a quote from one of my favorite songs. It is well. Visit at Journey Women Podcast or at White Pepper Inc on Instagram from July seventeenth through the nineteenth for more details. And now back to the show. How do you even define beauty? Oh my goodness. That's actually a really, really good question. Why didn't I put that on the list?
1: (laughs) Gosh, Hunter, it's really interesting. I went to the library today. Sometimes I I like to escape to the public library because it's a place I can think and just get away. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Good views, huge windows overlooking the Ozarks. It's beautiful. And I was just kind of looking around the room. There was not one person that looked anything like me, people of all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds, all mm-hmm. different ages, um, disabilities, everything. And I literally, well, I think I've cried like six times today, but I almost felt overwhelmed. And I, I was like, you know what? I see God in everyone. Mm. And when I, yes. um, I, I, ever, ever changed my life. And that also, um, so when I think of beauty, it's not the way I used to think about it. Yeah. I think if you asked me that question five years ago, I would tell you beauty has symmetry and it has balance and it has the right mix of colors and the right combination of this and that or whatever. Um, But now when I see beauty, when I see beauty, it's something in its element. It's something that's flourishing in its own element and how it was made. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I think of when I think of beauty now.
0: Listening to you say that I'm thinking of something That I'm not really sure where I heard, but seeing the image of God in things and just you being able to Mm -hmm. see God's image literally in the people that he's created. Of course, that's beautiful. They are beautiful. He has created Mm -hmm. them to be beautiful because they reflect who he is, each individually in their own way.
1: All the diversity. I love seeing diversity.
0: Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the physical beauty piece. But how do you balance pursuing physical beauty but yet not becoming super obsessed with it?
1: I think that that truly comes with checking your heart and just seeing, mm-hmm. okay, first of all, take a step back and try to determine where am I getting that barometer? Like wh- what's my goal and how am I establishing right. these goals? Where am I placing physical beauty and how am I coming up with these definitions of it. Right. I think if it's coming from a place of pleasing others or just society or societal pressures, or, you know, the, the, the bloggers or beautiful people we see on Instagram. I do encourage people to take a step back and, um, maybe just not look at it for a while and, and pour into, Hey God, how do you see me? Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing to watch out for is if it starts to, really take your time away, whether it's time from family or friends or kind of draining your resources in your bank account to a place where it's, it's becoming all you think about. Um, to me, those are signs that you may just need to um, reevaluate your, your opinion of beauty and the importance you're placing on it.
0: Yeah, that's really, really good. I think the time piece is huge. And also just too welcoming other people in to speak into that, which is such a hard mm-hmm. and vulnerable place. Initially, I said, you sit in this lawn chair and you feel insecure. I think more than that, vulnerable is probably what people are feeling. And so yeah, even inviting people to speak into it can be really tender.
1: Absolutely. I love when the girls who, the, the stylists that we have, when they turn or they, they come down and they like talk to their guests face to face. They look at pictures, they ask them questions about things they like and don't like. They don't just do the whole consultation standing behind them, yeah. looking at them in the mirror, but they really engage them and look them in the face. The other thing that I always tell them that's super important is to compliment something in them, like whether it's their eyes or their cheekbones or just something that shows like, I I see you in the way God made you. And this is something that would be really pretty and really bring that out. I think that um, it's super important for us to bring the focus back to them and who they are, instead of just who the person in the picture is that they want to look like.
0: Right. Uh, Yes, I've totally done that. That was me in high school.
1: We've all done it.
0: Yeah, I think this haircut can totally transform the way I look. So here you go. Good luck.
1: Yes. Do you have a (laughs) wand? Do you have a magical spell that you can do?
0: (laughs) Okay, so this brings me to a question that I really did want to ask about accepting the things that we cannot change physically about ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Like... Yes. There's certain ways in which we've been created. Some things may not look great on us because of the way we're created. Other things may look awesome on us because of the way we're created. Yeah. So how do you accept those things and then balance the costs and effort of putting energy towards the things that you can change to actually improve your physical beauty?
1: Yeah, okay. So I think that sometimes it's good to get a second opinion Yeah. because I often think that we view ourselves um, in, in a light that's not the way the world sees us. It's not yeah. the way our peers see us or, or another stylist or something like that.
0: Inaccurate.
1: It, it is. It can be very inaccurate. It can be super, we, we're super hard on ourselves mm-hmm. and we pick ourselves apart. So I do think that people should be able to find something about their look or their physical appearance that, you know what, I'm really thankful that I have blue eyes or I love, mm-hmm. I love that, that my hair is like my mom's or, you know, just things like that, that they can, um, focus on in, in a place of gratitude. I think that gratitude yeah. of course, changes, it changes everything. It changes yes. the whole mindset.
0: It's like, I have legs that work versus I have legs that right. have cellulite.
1: We we just we do have to take that step back again and just think, okay, so what is putting pressure on me? Right. Like, where am I getting these ideals yeah. of perfection or how I need to how look? How am I
0: defining beauty? Like yes. uh, the question that I didn't write down on the list, but that we should all be answering.
1: Yes. And then I, I go to the health mindset. Yeah. So as I've gotten more into my 30s, I think more about what's healthy. How is this serving me? Um, what are things that I can do to take care of my body? where it's not just based on how it looks, but then how I feel right? Um, my health in the long run. And so health and uh, products and things, services that promote a healthy lifestyle are also kind of a guiding factor at Crown, like how we choose yeah. the services we offer, how we choose the products we offer. And um, they've got to have some, some aspect of like, this is actually good for you. There's right. a purpose behind it. And um, so I think, you know, Gratitude and thinking about our health are the two biggest ways that we can get peace over the things that we can't change.
0: Man, the gratitude piece is so big. You're so right. Mm-hmm. My good friend Elizabeth Seifried tells me that all the time. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard to hear.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It is. It really is. Um, another suggestion with that is like I said, we're harder on ourselves um, go, go, if you have a stylist that you trust, Mm -hmm. go and see them and say, I would love to schedule a makeover or I would love to schedule, um, an appointment with you. That's more of like a tutorial where you teach me some ways I can style my hair, teach me some ways to do my makeup. Um, oftentimes if I would have a client scheduled for a haircut or a color or both, And towards the end of the appointment, they would, you know, maybe suggest, hey, can you show me how to do a top knot or can you show me how to do um, such and such with makeup? And I would never have time.
0: That's so needed because you come home and you look so great after you get your hair styled and then you don't know how to do it. Exactly. And so I
1: think asking a beauty professional that you trust to tell you what they see in you and help you out and teach you some tricks. I think that's one of the best things that you can do for yourself.
0: I mean, we do this with every other area of our life, but it's just hard to do it when it's something that you've been doing. You've been looking in the mirror, getting ready for your whole life. So you feel like you should be an expert on it, but you're so right. Sometimes just a little external feedback might do a sister. Good. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm about
0: to schedule an eyebrow appointment.
1: Oh, those are the best
0: girl. I got to come to Fayetteville.
1: I want you to come to Fayetteville and spend a whole day at Crown. We'll just get you like a full day lined out. It's amazing. Okay. I would love that. I
0: really, I really mean it though, because this is such a cool and unique ministry. I mean, I went into a salon here and I just sat in the chair and honestly, Kelly, it was so sad. I left and I was like, gosh, that whole appointment, I, I walked out of that appointment and I was like, that was an hour of like. Kind of just disparity, like it just felt. I was just sad, you know, seeing people chasing after, like you were saying, just empty beauty, and even the conversation and the topics that were being touched on in the salon. I was like, man, this is really kind of a dark environment. It was hard to be in. It can be an extremely dark environment. Mm-hmm. There's one particular thing that I wanted to address, and I don't want to let you get away from me without saying this. But I know there are people yes. that have an aversion to pursuing physical beauty in any sense, just because they feel like it's unspiritual. What yes. kind of encouragement would you offer someone who's in that boat that just kind of looks down their nose on people who like to look nice?
1: There are a lot of scriptures that warn us about just the pursuit of beauty and being too wrapped up in beauty. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I don't take those lightly at all. However, I do think that beauty is something that god made and and it's a way to attract people not just in like the physical look mm-hmm. um i also think that beauty should be fun it should create joy
0: yes um
1: it doesn't need to be so serious and that those who maybe have that aversion maybe they're taking it too seriously
0: that's so good for me to hear, Kelly. That right there is just that's going to transform the way I think about this stuff. I mean, yes. it. like even just going into the salon like this can be a really fun experience. This doesn't have to be.
1: It can. And you know what? Here's the best part. Makeup washes off. Um, hair grows back out. It yes. can be recolored. Nothing is super permanent, at least at least on the beauty side that I deal in. I don't—I I haven't really um, done anything in the permanent realm. But, um, well, except for tattoos, I've got like 12. <laughs> so that's, that's a fun, that's a fun, interesting fact that you may not have guessed, but, um, minor detail except for that it's minor detail, <laughs> but, um, but, but hair and makeup can change and it, and it can evolve. Um, two years ago I had hair to my shoulders that was pink, yes. I still had pink hair. I had pink hair for like, I don't know, six months. And it was like my favorite hair I've ever had in my life. <laughs>
0: This is helping me think about this in a totally different way. People are having fun expressing their creativity through their physical appearance. And that is okay as long as Mm -hmm. it is submitted underneath the biblical framework for beauty. And as long as it's submitted to, I think, brothers and sisters in Christ where you're saying, hey, check me, make sure I'm not becoming too obsessed with this. And I welcome you to speak into this area of my life if I am. And -hmm. otherwise, just having fun. The thought of myself having pink hair though just made me really nervous.
1: <laughs> if you came to Crown, I could give you all kinds of options how you could play with having at least one little piece of pink hair. We could even put like <laughs> one little extension in. So oh. you could have just a little pop of pink or something like that. You... Yeah, and then you could come back next week or tomorrow and take it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. I'd love to transition and just ask you a couple practical tips because I know yes. everyone's wondering now what your three Top beauty products, or tricks, or tips, or whatever you want to tell us about beauty. What are they?
1: Okay, I would love to. So, um, so one is to wash your face at night. <laughs> always <laughs> wa- wash your face at night. I hear so many girls say, "Oh, I, I like hardly ever wash my face at night, or I never wash I know, my makeup it's crazy off. I, I've it's, always it's had just acne, the best thing so I don't even really? get—I don't even
0: have that framework.
1: Well, and it it gives your skin time to breathe and to to wash off the day and the dirts and oils and all the things that build up, and then to put moisturizer on and eye cream, just something to replenish and feed and hydrate
0: your skin. Do you have any tips, particular products for the eye cream and all of that stuff?
1: Absolutely. One of my favorite products that I um, use is Jane Iredell. Okay. Our makeup company makes this thing called the Magic Mint. Ooh, Yes, it is a um, a little, it's like a washcloth type. It's like a terry cloth. It has been designed with the perfect kind of fibers that do not harbor bacteria the way a traditional washcloth does.
0: Oh, I need this right now.
1: So, yes, it's amazing. It's It retails, I think, for $15, and it is reusable. I've been using my same magic mitt for several months now, and all wow. you have to do is add water.
0: Okay. Add
1: warm water. And, and wipe your face with it.
0: You don't even use any soap?
1: I don't use cleanser to remove my makeup. I okay. just use the Magic Mint with water. Okay. And then I use um, the skincare line that we carry at Crown. It's called Hydropeptide. It's all um, hydro, of course, moisture, hydration. And then peptide is protein. So it's all protein-based moisture. It's It's incredible for the skin. It's a great anti-aging line. Um, so my cleanser, of course, is going to be a little bit of a higher price point. Um, I think it's around $40. And I found that I was using double the amount of product hmm. to try to use use the cleanser to remove the makeup. So the Magic Mitt gets all the makeup off. And then I use one pump of my cleanser to actually cleanse my skin mm-hmm. with the benefits of, like, the anti-aging ingredients. Um, and then I use a really, really hydrating moisturizer, um, Hydropeptide Power Lift. And then their eye cream is one of the top rated eye creams out there. It's called Eye Authority.
0: Okay. We'll get the links, everyone. Don't worry.
1: Okay. So another product that I live by is um, Davinus is the skin, uh, the sorry, the hair care line that we carry. And they make a product called Oi Milk. Okay. And the, the Oi Milk is an incredible, it's actually like a spray. It's like a very milky spray. It, um, gives you control and style and smoothing when you're blow drying your hair. Ooh! My favorite part about it is that it also has heat protection. Nice. So I am a huge advocate. Like I think all my clients have some form of a heat protection when you are using hot tools and hair dryers and flat irons, curling irons, whatever tool you, you prefer to use. Right. I think it's so important to have some form of heat protection.
0: Ooh, I I can feel my hair just dead right yes. here. Oh no!
1: Yeah, it's it's something that I think every every woman who uses any form of a heat styling tool needs.
0: I'm gonna take heart in the fact that I style my hair like once a month.
1: <laughs> Perfect. And Hannah, you always look gorgeous. Your hair is beautiful. So see, some oh. of us need a little bit more help. So oh, those no. of us who need that, we need that hot that that hot iron help. <laughs> So one of my other, one of my other just little tips as a mom, yes. um, I found that my time to get ready in the morning is just not what it used to be. Oh, amen. And um, I found myself wanting to lay in bed with Everett watching Peppa Pig, then getting up and getting ready. So I usually speed getting ready in about 30 minutes. Totally. And I found it's easiest if I do my hair at night.
0: Yes, I have done this. This is so true. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that loose curl, kind of that loose, kind of messy wave. So if I curl it kind of on the tighter end at night, um, if you want tighter curls, use smaller sections, smaller curling iron. Okay. And it takes a little bit longer, but it's going to last a lot longer. Yes. And so then the next morning I wake up and I can brush it and go and I don't have to mess with it.
0: How many days do you get to go without washing your hair, Kelly?
1: Um, I might be embarrassed to tell you.
0: Ooh. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, a good four or five days.
0: That's exactly what I do. Your hair is beautiful, by the way. That picture you. that you recently posted, I was like, wow, that is some hair.
1: Well, it's hair I have hair extensions.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I do.
1: I do. I have hair I wear I have hair extensions. I do have naturally pretty thick mm-hmm. kind of wavy hair. And um, that when I chopped it off a couple of years ago, I'm extremes. I want it short above my shoulders, or I want it long. <laughs> so um, I, it I got It so
0: natural. That is amazing.
1: It really does. It's it's the best quality
0: hair I never on the market, would have known and
1: it it is hair extensions. Can kind of be something. It's another one of those taboo topics that yeah, some people they may think judgmentally about, like it costs a lot of money or it's this, that, or whatever. And, and, you know, it, um, to me, it, I, I'm almost on silly saying this, but it does bring me joy.
0: I love it. It's an accessory. It's like a necklace. It's an accessory. Girl, you're inspiring me to invest in the eye cream. That's for (laughs) sure. I need to do something over here. The jojoba oil is awesome, but I probably need to put a little more effort behind this.
1: You know, one of my simple pleasures, like, like a simple joy. Yes. Is seriously when I go into the bathroom and I have that time alone to wash my face, do my moisturizer, I just feel like it's like this 10 minutes where I'm just
0: it's a doing something routine. for
1: myself. I'm not a selfish person at all, I promise, but it's like that those 10 minutes where I'm just focusing on taking care of myself and it feels really nice.
0: Honestly, when I used to do health and fitness training, I talked about that because a lot of clients that have problems with sleep and sleep is integral to weight loss. And that was what I was doing. And I would always encourage them to come up with a bedtime routine, which sounds so silly, but that's part of your bedtime routine. And I love that. That is totally a simple joy.
1: I love it. I really, like, I enjoy, like, sometimes I come out and Zach's like, what have you been doing? Like, how does it take so long to wash your face and brush your teeth and brush your hair? But I just, I take my time and I really enjoy it.
0: Oh, okay. So tell me your other two simple joys.
1: Okay. This is funny, but um, I have an Apple Watch, which at first I was kind of against getting because I felt like we're already too connected in this world. I do not. I do not want to be more connected. Um, it's had the opposite effect where I actually feel like I can disconnect because mm. if I've got the watch, I can see, okay, cool. Something's coming in that's important or not important, whereas right. I don't feel a slave to the checking seven plus your phone. M- massive phone in my hand and checking yeah. my phone. Yeah. So the Apple Watch has freed me up and okay. then... Now it's become a a simple, even a bigger simple joy because I recently discovered you can sync the screen to like scroll through your favorites of your photo album.
0: Oh, so that's literally so cool. every time
1: I turn my wrist up to look at the at, at see what time it is, a picture of Everett pops oh up, or a picture of Zach and I are you uh, know. So
0: yes, total
1: like that's my newest simple joy.
0: <laughs> I feel like I could have an Apple Watch with pictures of your family coming up, and it would be my oh. simple joy too. <laughs> so sweet. that's so weird but you guys are such a cute family i love the joy ever brings people i mean it's just it's, it's just really so cool. sweet
1: and then speaking of family my 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 other kind of silly simple joy is we have an english bulldog and oh, they... i saw
0: this i i went way back in the archives i used yes. to have an english bulldog and i wondered if that was yours
1: Yes, that's Butters. Um, Butters. He used, to, he, he used to be on uh, social media a lot. And yes. then Everett came Everett along. Came along and he, <laughs> yeah, he kind of took a back seat. But Yes,
0: um, he did. He was way back there. I thought yeah. maybe oh, he yeah. went away. Mine hoss had to He's go away. <laughs> okay, thank God Butters is Where still here. He? He's
1: usually at my feet. I, sh- I wish he was here. I did. Um, we heard him no. earlier. Poor
0: Butters. Oh, yeah. oh, I bet.
1: I bet. Um, <laughs> he, uh... Is They're so soft. I don't know if yours was or if you remember. Just like squishy and soft. And I, every night, cuddle with him. And um, I like to squish his ears. I just like rub and squeeze. Like he just lays there and lets me squeeze his ears.
0: Well, those are great, simple joys and super practical tips. I'm really excited. Everyone's going to be like taking notes. So com, people right. for all of that. And before we go, as um, I know you are a journey woman with Jesus, and I would love to hear who's had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus.
1: Um, definitely my husband, Zach. Oh, he, um, yes. I mean, just without a doubt, like, like I talked about earlier, that, that first one of those first phone calls where he prayed for us and yeah. I just heard the way he... Talk to the Lord in the way he um, he just made a relationship with Jesus sound so appealing and so attainable and like it was something for me. And mm-hmm. that so it definitely had one of the largest impacts. He just is a person who, still to this day, he is so funny and he's such a um, just a steady in my life. And a lot of times we're talking about work or our son, or he's making me laugh. And then, when it comes to something spiritual, I'll tell him something I'm struggling with, or I'll tell him something that I've heard or read or or listened to recently, and he always has wisdom. And it's like it just comes; mm. it's like it comes out of nowhere. But I know it's because God is is just active in his life, and um, he's the first man, the only man, of course, that I dated, and now I'm so thankful he's my husband. But that I actually trusted entirely. That he could lead us. Yeah. Because I knew I yes. knew that he was following Christ and I knew that he could lead us.
0: Kelly, that's huge. I hope every single girl hears that because that is such a key element, I think, in marriage is trust and being able to trust someone to follow them as they follow Jesus. That is big. Yes.
1: And then I can. I trust him wholeheartedly and he leads us. And um it definitely has been the biggest impact drawing me to the Lord and then he is walking with me like hand in hand with that, you know,
0: man. Well, I'm so thankful for Zach. Just give him a hug <laughs> for me tonight because I, I love will. you guys from afar and I've just loved hearing your story. I can't believe we've been on the phone for over an hour at this point. I, I wish I could continue to hear more. So I'm just really grateful for your time, Kelly. And I've already mentioned it, but I'm so thankful for the way in which you're walking with jesus and i know your story um particularly your story and your journey just through deeper understanding of beauty in general Mm -hmm. is just really going to minister to so many people and i I love how i love how everett in particular just plays such a unique role in that and thank you i'm just so thankful thank you so much for sharing your life with us
1: I'm, I'm honored, seriously honored that you asked and to be a part of this. And, um, your podcast has already made an impact on my life. I, um, I've really enjoyed listening to all the women speak and it, I can already feel it making changes in my heart. So I really hope that this ministers to somebody and I would love to encourage anybody who has a question to reach out to me. If if there's something that they are curious about that we didn't cover or didn't talk about, like I'm, I'm, very open and, and would love to connect with people
0: yes go do it people and go continue find this
1: relationship like yes. I, I can't wait to talk and catch up with you and i know and i can't wait for you to come to crown i want to give you a special day there
0: yay well i can't wait thank you so much for your time today friend i'm so excited to edit this and put it out for other people so i really yes. really appreciate thank you, hunter. it hunter as someone who tends to take things too seriously My light bulb moment with Kelly happened towards the end of our interview when she said that experiencing beauty should be fun. Duh. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't think of that myself. Actually, I can't. I hope you guys found our conversation as enjoyable as I did. As mentioned, you can find out how to connect with Kelly in the show notes at www.hunterbelist.com. Be sure to drop by her social media accounts, Crown Beauty Bar or Crown Uptown in Fayetteville and let her know what you learned from her today. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you guys here next week.